Oh, that's not funny. No, C is not just for cookie. It's for kill. Yeah, stick. Oh, jeez. Oh. In a world where two ordinary people find each other in all odds against them, they begin a podcast about two guys and a video game. <clears throat> all right, guys. So I'm Hotter. I'm Kaz. And we are two guys. And uh, we're here to talk about some video games. And not just a game today, but like a whole bunch of games yeah. on a list. And we didn't make this list. This list was chosen by you, our fans, who don't know about the show because it doesn't exist until now. Even though no one knew that this was going to ever happen, ever, you guys still chose this list for us to uh, review. And, and, and we're going to talk about the game because we think that you guys have uh, picked some good games. Plus, we love these games. So, yeah. So it's like, why not? Why not? It's everybody wins. You guys get the games that you totally picked that we totally didn't just come up with ourselves. Yeah, because who would want to listen to like two people's opinions when we could listen to the masses' opinions? It's just so much more convenient for all of you. <laughs> so much more convenient. <laughs> uh, but so me and Zach here... Which uh, we will it's, affectionately it's Kaz, refer actually. to as Kaz. Yeah, I was gonna say uh, you know you use my name right. Yeah, well, because I'm explain I'm explaining. Okay, TJ, okay. how do you like it? Oh, TJ, yeah. Oh, yeah. oh, 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 that's not that's not that's not how. Okay, so <laughs> so uh, Kaz was on the Hotter Show a few times, uh, actually two times. What I feel like it was more than that, but whatever. And Feels like we had so much fun and. So many people said to me, like, dude, you guys have this, like, really fun chemistry. We want to hear you guys, like, just kind of go off and kind of do your own thing. Like, it's not like, oh, this is he's a guest on the show. It's like this is just to get a kind of general consensus, what you guys think of kind of what we're going to do here, which is strictly gaming talk, if you couldn't tell by the name of the podcast. And strictly is loose because we're probably going to go off on tangents about other things. Oh, I'm sure we're going to talk about it. I'm a tangent king. I'm a tangent king. If you don't know what a tangent is, take geometry grade four. You'll know what a tangent is. Yeah. I don't even know what's a tangent. A tangent? It's like... When you go completely the other direction. Yeah, no, no I'm joking. Uh, okay. Um, I was going to say. <laughs> I'm just joking. Okay. I am the king of tangents. See, we're off on a tangent about tangents. That's yeah. just what this podcast is That's about. That's just what happens when you get uh, the two of us sitting around. We're going to talk about whatever we feel like it. Uh, but generally speaking, we will probably get back to what it is we were discussing. Yeah, and speaking of what we're discussing today. So basically, we're going to be talking about our top 10 favorite GameCube games. Now, no, don't be mistaken. These aren't individually ours. We don't. We don't actually. Some of these games, w- me or TJ might not have played, but one of us has. So yes. we're gonna be. I'm gonna be learning about some of his games that I've never played. He's gonna be learning some about my games. And then there's some games where we're just gonna totally wreck it because they're our favorite games collaboratively. Hell yeah! Yeah. Boom. Fist bump. See, usually I say audio fist bump, and then I go, but now I can actually fist you bump can actually someone. Fist bump someone. I'm so it's excited. Not sad anymore. Yeah. <laughs> It's not sad. I don't feel like a loser anymore because I'm actually talking with someone. I'm so excited about this. But something else, a couple other things that we're going to be doing on the show, aside from we're going to have a topic every week, whether it's we're going to do top tens or we're going to talk about a certain game or review a game or whatever we come up with. Zach has some really awesome ideas that I think you guys are going to absolutely adore. I kind of wanted to steal them and just not give him credit. But I decided, you know what? Let's actually use it for the show. 
Yeah, we're going to talk about Spider-Man 2 next week. Just kidding. We don't really have anything planned. <laughs> yeah. But, you know. As of, as of right now, like I said, this is the pilot for this. I want to kind of get the general consensus of what everybody feels about it, but I, I think everyone's going to enjoy it. But <clears> something <throat> else that we're going to be doing is we're going to be just talking about literally what we are playing this week. Yes. When we come on the show, we're going to be maybe doing a little bit of gaming news as well, obviously, once we get going. And then I'm sure... There'll be tons of other stuff that comes up in the process. But before we get into that, Kaz, what are you playing right now this week? Well, t- <coughs> well, hotter. Um, <laughs> I, see. see, this is going to be the thing is like we've, we've decided that we're going to use our quote unquote nicknames. Obviously, he is Kaz and I'm hotter because I kind of have to be at this point. Yeah, you have to be. Um, no. a, as I'm literally wearing the hotter shirt t-shirt. Anyway. Yeah. We're probably going to call each other by our names. It just is what it is. But yeah, it is what it is. It is what it is. Yeah. So um, this week, unfortunately, I've had the grimace of playing Destiny Two, and I say that wholeheartedly, as I usually don't like just go ahead and say, "Oh, game's really bad." It's just started playing Destiny Two. I played Destiny One, and I was like, really, I kind of had my hopes for Destiny Two a little bit. I was like, maybe this game might kind of perfect a system that was kind of uh, not perfected in the first game but unfortunately to me I was just kind of disappointed and uh, I've said kind of like five times but you yeah. just it, you, like I, you, I'm kind of like on the fence here where I want to say like good things about this game like if you've never played Destiny play Destiny 2 you'll enjoy it it is fantastic it's a great multiplayer experience but on the side of me actually being a gamer and wanting something more from every video game i play and wanting to experience the utmost like perfection destiny 2 just kind of falls into a realm of washed up uh reused not very exciting and overall disappointing for spending $80 on a game that you were really hoping was good. So basically it's like comparing it to the first one. Like I know I haven't, still haven't played destiny yet. Okay. Even though some people might be like, <gasps> I have not played destiny. Mm-hmm. So if I was to play destiny one and very much enjoy it, I would enjoy destiny two. Yeah. You'd go, if you were to go right into destiny two, after you beat destiny one, you would probably still be in that mindset of like, yeah, I gotta be the best. I gotta do this and that. But it's like, once you've played, destiny one and you've worked your ass off in this game and you're just like yeah and you've gotten to the max level only to start all over in a game that's exactly the same there's a couple so, new story yeah. tweaks it's a little bit underwhelming so generally speaking uh, considering all the hype for it and yeah the it's, price tag it's basically just they it feels like the game's been ready it feels like destiny one but a dlc for destiny one that yeah. they thought hey we could actually market this as a sequel and that's the unfortunate part of that, it and that's always crap when that happens like there's nothing worse than getting a sequel for a game, um, and it like this could have been DLC. Yeah. But then in the flip side, there's nothing worse than getting DLC that you're like, okay, I paid all this money for it, and like it didn't really expand on the story. Yeah. Per se. And I'm I'm that's yeah that's basically what Destiny One did. They didn't really their DLC didn't really expand much. It was just kind of here's some expansion packs that don't actually expand any of the maps or anything. You're <laughs> they just, don't really do anything, but here you go. <clears throat> it's just a couple extra missions and it really doesn't add to anything. And you're kind of like, okay, but well, that's unfortunate, but we'll right. see where we'll see where it goes. Maybe it'll, they'll tweak it and it'll be good eventually. But as I stand by right now, I'm not really looking at it as a 
top-notch game. No. No. So, so Destiny 2 gets the... From me right now. I don't know what that was, but that's uh, that's going to be a thing, I guess. Yeah. Um, but so that's what you're playing this week. That's, yeah, that's yeah. cool. You that's playing cool. anything this week? Uh, as I was last week and the week before and the week before that, uh, I am still playing Fallout 4. Uh, <laughs> as some of you guys may or may not already know, I got into the Fallout 4 game very late and I am now catching up. I'd say I'm pretty much fully caught up. I think I've done everything in that game you possibly can do. I have like 17 playthroughs. Don't ask. Okay. Uh, but, I mean, I thoroughly enjoyed it. It's a great game. It's definitely, it's not like Fallout 3. It's not like New Vegas. Yeah. But it's a great game. I have thoroughly been enjoying it. And uh, again, if you have Fallout 4 and you enjoy it and you have not purchased the Far Harbor DLC... I strongly implore you. <laughs> you implore me? Whoa. TJ's going to use big Word words the on week. this show. <clears throat> implore. Implore. I'm going to implore you guys. Uh, for those of you who don't know what implore means, I'm going to strongly suggest. Because <laughs> there's always going to be that one guy. What's that goddamn damn fancy word he's talking about? I implores you. I'm that guy. I'm that guy. I am that guy. <laughs> but you, you're all educated and stuff, so it's okay. I know some big words, but I use them wrong sometimes. I use them wrong all of the time. That's statutory. You mean prerogatory? That's what? No. <laughs> Screw you. Don't mess with the words in my <clears throat> mouth. Don't mess with my brain. Don't mess hey. with my brain like that, San. But yeah, I strongly employ you guys to go and check that out the Far Harbor DLC because literally it, it might be one of the best DLCs I've ever purchased in my life. And that is a big statement because I purchased a lot of DLCs. Mm. As far as what it added to the game for me personally, it just, like, I didn't have a DLC that felt that satisfying. Probably Mass Effect 3's The Citadel pack. Ooh. When you got, like, that party and everything. Yeah. Like, that's I think that's probably my favorite DLC of all time just because of what it does for the story for me. But I think Far Harbor, it's definitely in my top five. Wow, DLCs, DLCs for sure. So that's crazy. Loving, loving that. Some people might <clears throat> say I'm crazy, but uh, I really enjoyed it. So that, that's what I'm doing right now. And I'm, uh, I actually also kind of a funny note because I can talk about this on this podcast. <laughs> I just got my, uh, my Game Boy Pocket working the other night. Uh, my original Game Boy Pocket uh, and my Pokemon Red still works. So I Does might, it still uh, save? Yes. Well then. So I might, uh, I might need to get some Pokemon going. Not Pokemon Go. Don't mistake yes, it. That no. game that game is old. Nobody plays that except for weird people. Yeah, if you're still playing Pokemon Go at this point, I'm sorry. Sorry, but- TJ. There's a Charmander over here. I'll be right back. <laughs> as, uh, as Kaz slowly pulls out his phone, I only know two people, I think, who still play it, and we know both of them. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not going to say who they are, but every we time I see them. We don't want to embarrass them. Yeah, every time I see the one especially... Every time I see him play, I'm just like, ah, (laughs) (laughs) go buy an Xbox, go buy an Xbox, bro. But so that's what we're playing this week. But be sure to let us know what you guys are playing this week. We always would love to hear from you guys. You can check us out on all the social medias. Once we officially launch this podcast, of course, Um, it's all going to be under two guys and a game, but in three guys and two games, not four guys and three games. Don't add more numbers. Don't get confused. Just two, just two guys and one game. Okay. Two guys, and there's one particular game. We will unfan you if you make a mistake. I'm not afraid to lose fans. 
<laughs> Even though we have currently don't have any because we just started this, we are not afraid to lose fans at this point. We're doing this for us at this point. Yeah. But you can hit us up anytime by emailing us at two guys. That's the number two, two guys and the game podcast at gmail.com. Let us know what some of your favorite games are. Let us know what you guys are playing this week. Let us know if there's stuff that you guys want to hear from us because this podcast, as it grows, it's not only going to be for us as fun as this is going to be for the both of us. We also want to make it as fun as we can for you guys. We want to get a great community going. So definitely never be afraid to hit us up with literally anything, especially letting us know what you are playing. Except no nudes, please. Just don't send nudes. If you're going to send them, at least make them somewhat tasteful. <clears throat> tasteful nudes and no dick pics. Yeah, absolutely. No, I don't want any uh, any nudes of that of that caliber. Yeah. Um, but if you want to send us pictures of like your gaming rigs or what you're playing, I, I love all that stuff. We'll retweet everything and and I'll I'll share stuff and we we love all that kind of stuff. We might even give you a shout out. Well, that, that's only if you uh, you go on www.patreon.com forward slash. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> I promised myself I wouldn't do that. I threw it in there anyway. It's a joke. Calm down. But we now come to the main part of this podcast. Some people are probably going, okay, seriously? You guys have been going on for like 15 minutes and you're just now getting into the actual... And if, you, if you're doing that, then we don't want you to listen, so go away. Yeah, because <laughs> you don't understand what this show is going to be. This is not going to be this wonderfully structured show in which you'll come over and be like, hello, my name is Hotter. And it's not going to be like, top 10, top 10, number 10 on the list. And here at number 10, we have, you know, it's, it's not what we're doing. We're literally just talking about our games. <laughs> Are we making fun of YouTubers at this yes. point? Yes. Yes. Okay. I, I got heat with YouTubers, so we, 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 can, uh, we, we, we can talk crap about them all we want. But we now come to our top 10 GameCube games of all times. Now, before we start, as Kaz was mentioning earlier, basically each of us picked at least one game for um, basically like we go number 10 is a game I chose, number 9 is a game he chose, 8 is a game I chose, so on and so forth until we get to number 5, mainly because there are some games on this list that either Kaz hasn't played or I have not played. Yes. So we figured, you know what, let's... Let's kind of break it up and just try and make this. Yeah, because this is our top 10 list. This isn't a personal top 10 list of one or the other. This is our actual, we've agreed on this to yes. be top 10. Which I think is very interesting because right now I can tell you guys, if this was my personal top 10 list, it would be very, very different. Yeah. As I'm sure your list would be. Absolutely. Cast, but yes. doesn't necessarily mean that these aren't great games. But being in a relationship it. means making sacrifices, yeah, TJ. Yeah. We talked about this. I don't want to make sacrifices. Well, I just want to talk about like Star Wars Rogue Leader forever. It was probably going to be in my top five, but now it has to be number 10 because I have to make sacrifices. Just talk about your game. <laughs> God damn. Okay. So number 10, number 10, just kidding, uh, is Star Wars Rogue Leader 2. Sure. It's not three. Yes. Okay. Because I had a lot of debating on this because I loved both of those games so much. Anyone who knows me knows that I'm a huge Star Wars nerd. More kind of in particular with the Star Wars universe, the ship battles and the space battles. That's like my, as much as I love the Jedi, all that kind of fun stuff. I'm like the space battle guy. I don't know why. I just always thought it'd be so much cooler to be like in an X-Wing flying around shooting down guys than it would be being a Jedi. But then sometimes I think I'm crazy and I'd rather be a Jedi. I don't know. Whatever. It's okay. You don't get to be a Jedi. You, you would be that in the real world. You would be a pilot. 
Yes. That's what you, you think I would be if, if Star Wars. Well, yeah, was you don't have thing. the Force, so I can oh, tell. I mean, I have the Force, sure? and you don't have the midichlorians. To... I don't have the midichlorians. No, I don't have the midichlorians. I'm not sure why I was Mexican. So, so why why is this like on our list then? That's, so that's what I want to know. So, Star Wars Rogue Leader Two, similar to its predecessor, Star Wars Rogue Squadron for the N64, which is literally one of my like all time favorite games. Rogue Leader, it's a very fast paced flight action game. In which you literally just, you have your 10 levels, all different types of space battles spanning all okay. across three movies. Mm-hmm. You go in, you have what your three movies. Uh, that would be episode four, five, and six. Oh, good. Okay. So, yeah, not, not the, none of this has the, uh, the prequels. Okay. Which we're going to have to discuss that another time because I feel, <laughs> I feel like with you saying that you are not a fan of the prequels. Is that, is that, is that. No comment at no. this time. And even Honor, though I'm no a huge. No comment. Let's. You, even though I'm a huge fan of the people's, no comment, no co- no comment, no comment, and don't no let's not get into this. <laughs> this is what I mean, guys. Tangents, oh, tangents everywhere. But basically, you have your mission objectives. Either it's a search and destroy type game where you are seeking out a target and destroying it, or it can be like a kind of a protection type thing. Oh, protect this shield generator. Don't let them destroy it. Or hey, go find this guy and kick his ass. Or it's a trap. It's a, it's a trap. It's a trap. <laughs> And in order to progress through the levels, you have to complete the task that you're given. Some levels, even it's literally just you have like a survival mode type deal. So you just have to say you have to survive waves of TIE fighters or you have to destroy so many TIE fighters or whatever, something like that. Okay. So aside from having updated graphics, which obviously made this game way more realistic feeling, I know that the second I turned it on, I was blown away because I... When I had gotten the GameCube, I had this game. I got this game with it, okay. and so many people were like, "Oh, the GameCube, it doesn't have the same capabilities as the other systems that were out at the time." They're like, "Oh, you know, it sucks. It's not as good. Don't waste your money on a GameCube. GameCube sucks. The graphics are horrible." And I was just, I was blown away because the second you start flying around on the first level, I literally felt like I was in a battle from the film, oh. and you know. Young teenage TJ mm-hmm. Hotter um, was really into that because I thought it was so cool. I'm just like, man, look at the detail and I the, the background actually looks like background. The people actually look like people. They're not little like blocks running around anymore. This is great, so good, awesome. And then obviously there were little, little things that they tweak, like the flying mechanics in this game were so much better. In the other, in the first game in in Rogue Squadron, you know, you could do things like you could totally do like a barrel roll or you could do the old, you know, you loop de loop, loop de loop, whatever you want to call it, <clears throat> get in behind the guy and take him out. Yeah. But it was like, so like, you know, you'd slowly start going up and it'd be like, it'd just be like, it wouldn't feel as smooth. Yeah. Okay. It's but, a very mechanical feeling. Yeah. Whereas in this game, it's like everything was so instant. It was like, Oh, get behind the guy. Oh yeah. Ha, 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 ha. And it was all instant and it was so refreshing to be able to, I mean, it's not like it, games are now where literally it's all, it's so smooth. Yeah. But the upgrade from Rogue Squadron to Rogue Leader, it's such a big jump in how great that things feel just from a flying mechanic, even a shooting standpoint, where your blasters and your lasers actually feel like you're really connecting. Okay. Whereas in Rogue Squadron, sometimes you'd be like, oh, did I hit that guy? Yeah, okay, cool. <laughs> One thing that they did with this game as well was they introduced a whole new combat system within the game. And basically it was kind of like a wingman system where okay. you had your two wingman guys and you could like have them go off and fight other TIE fighters. You could have them like kind of 
back you up. And if you needed to take out, like, say, a bomber that was, oh, here comes a bomber. It's going to take out the base. You can call your wing guys that come up and they're like, ha, let's do this. And they're like, ah, yeah. Have you met our leader, rogue leader? And then you and that TIE fighter have a nice dinner. They're your wingmen. We have a nice seafood dinner. Yeah. And I never call him again. Never. And that's how you really win. I, I psychological warfare, bro. <laughs> psychological warfare 101, bro. But yeah, so that was a really cool feature. But the number one thing, the number one reason why this game is on my list, and it's a really stupid reason, and people are going to be like, really, dude, that's your reasoning. There was some really awesome ships in this game. Really, dude? That's your reason? Like, really, bro? Yeah, the okay. Ships. So I'm a huge fan of the A-Wing, the Y-Wing. And the B-Wing. They're my favorite fighters. My all-time favorite fighter is definitely the B-Wing. It was always my dream to pilot a B-Wing. And in this game, the second I discovered that I could pilot a B-Wing, my life was forever changed. (laughs) (laughs) He's just looking at me like, I don't even know what to say to this. I'm pretty sure most kids want to fly the Millennium Falcon, but sure, B-Wing. B-Wing, yeah, okay. All right. But... Aside from that, it had some awesome unlockables like Slave One, which of course is Boba Fett's ship, uh, and there's Naboo Starfighter. You can fly the Millennium Falcon if you want to be a loser and do that. Yeah, that's what everyone's going for. To try and be a loser. Try and be a loser. Han Solo's such a loser. Oh, <laughs> but well, he's dead now. So spoiler alert: if you haven't seen Episode <laughs> Seven, he's dead. Okay. Dad, <laughs> the outrage is going to hit us. Like, oh, I still haven't seen episode seven. Oh, <laughs> and Leia's dead too. Well, not in the universe, but in real life. Oh, that's not funny. I wasn't trying to be funny. <laughs> Just being real. Kaz keeps it real over here. Kazador Jones, folks, keeps it real. <laughs> but just due to the sheer amount of hours that I put into this game, like I said, Rogue Squadron for the N64 was literally one of my favorite games for the N64. So just seeing how this is just such an improved version of that game. It's no surprise it's on this list. Plus, who doesn't want to shoot TIE Fighters out of the sky in a 1969 Buick Electra? Right? I was going to say something, but then he put the Buick Electra in there, and now I don't really have a response for it. (laughs) There's nothing like flying around in a Buick Electra shooting down TIE Fighters. I promise you. (laughs) I promise you guys. And and before anyone says shenanigans, no, that actually is a real thing. You can go ahead and look it up. Uh, so that's number 10, Star Wars Rogue Leader 2. <laughs> okay, now we're going into number nine here. And number nine is yours truly, Kaz's game. He's going to talk about TJ has never played this game. And a not. lot of people are going to go, how did you own a GameCube and never play this game? I suck. So this game is coming to you hot, number nine. Just kidding. We're not doing that. No, 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 number nine. <laughs> Luigi's Mansion, ba-boom. I don't even really have to talk about this game to most people, but I will because I, I'm going to give TJ a little rundown. Now, I haven't played this game in about five years, but when I think GameCube, I think Luigi's Mansion. This game, when it first came out, I didn't understand the concept of it. I was like, what's this? This isn't a Mario game. Couldn't jump. You can't you know, punch things, but then you get in there and you find out Luigi won a mansion in a contest. And yeah. Luigi's are like, oh, Mario. Wait, oh, okay, Mario must have gone up to the mansion already. So he goes into this creepy, dead-ass haunted mansion, and he walks in, and, of course, the first thing that he's attacked by is a ghost. 
And he's saved by a little crazy professor dude who also lives in the mansion. Wow, lots of people are living here on Luigi's mansion and without permission. Okay, so hang on, man. Just stop there for a second. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he won the mansion. Yes, and then Mario is supposedly already gone to the mansion. Okay, but there's a dude living in the mansion. Yeah. Was he aware that when he won the mansion, someone was living in it? Well, I don't think he's living there. I think he's like a scientist experimenting on ghosts. Like he's analyzing ghosts and trying to figure out how they work. But he's kind of living. He's squatting there. He's a squatter. He's a squatting scientist. Okay. So you go up there and I I can't remember his name, but he's got this crazy name and his glasses are crazy. He's just this little guy with crazy hair. And uh, he goes up to Luigi and he goes, hey, yeah, you, uh, you, can, you can help me with my experiments and catching ghosts. And Luigi's like, oh, no, 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 no. I'm just here for my brother Mario. And uh, he's like, well, the ghosts took your brother. Dun, 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 and Luigi's dun. like, well, I guess I got to go be the hero. And so Luigi's a coward, literally. Like the whole game, he's shaking. He's like, Mario. Me as a game character. Mario. And then something will slam behind him. He'll go, wah! And then he'll turn around and there's nothing there. And he'll be like, oh. And they'll turn back around and all of a sudden there's two ghosts and they're like, Bleh! and he's like, wah. And then you turn on your vacuum cleaner that you get. By the way, you get a vacuum cleaner to suck up ghosts. So it's basically like <laughs> Ghostbusters Luigi edition. And you're sucking in these ghosts and they're fighting you and they're fighting you. And you're like, oh. And then you catch them all and everything's good. And, uh, and then you meet your first boss battle and you're like, oh, this is kind of creepy. And you go into a nursery and there's a baby crying. And then there's a mom and there's a dad and then you scare them off. And so you got to go catch the mom and the dad. And then you think, oh, these guys are tough. These are tough. And then you go back to the nursery and the baby's in the crib again and it's crying. And you're like, oh, this is a baby. And then the baby is actually the mastermind over the mom and the dad turns Luigi into like a pebble and he's trying to crush Luigi and you got to suck all the like remaining life out of this ghost. And then that's, that's as much as I'm going to talk about the story. But really what's appealing about this gameplay is it was such a unique idea to throw onto the GameCube for one. I mean, nobody ever thought that you're going to get a game where Luigi's walking around a haunted mansion sucking up ghosts like a Ghostbuster. And the idea just works. It just works. It does. Like, if Mario was doing that... It wouldn't, be, like, as, it wouldn't be as exciting because yeah. Mario would be jumping around, punching the crap at everything. Luigi's literally like, just like... Let that go! It's, it's Luigi. He's, the, he's getting his spotlight, but it's funny because Luigi's such a like, oh, no, I don't know if I can do this, Mario. And Mario's like, don't worry, Luigi, we got this. And... And Luigi's always been that side character, and now he's the main character, and it really gives him his time to shine. But yeah, great game, great gameplay. Um, everything about it was hilarious. You get like a communication device. It's called the Game Boo Advanced. Um, like the game even spawned a sequel onto the 3DS, just in case you didn't think it was popular enough to. And the sequel, in my opinion, perfected the gameplay. But this had to happen, and just what a great idea for a GameCube game. I mean. It's, it was so unique when it came out, and even when I first started playing it. And it was creepy. Like, it was scary to play this game. You're walking down, like, dark hallways with just a flashlight. You know, ghosts can pop out at you at any time. You only have three hearts the whole game. You literally have three hearts. Really? So, it. like, every every hit's a heart? Yeah. Wow. Like, if a ghost comes up That's to hardcore. You, but you can, you can you know, like, and it, it was just a really creepy game. Even the final boss fight, I was like, whoa. Like, I did not see that coming. And, yeah, but all all in all... I put that one on here because it's it needs to be ranked. Absolutely. And it was one of those games where when we started discussing making this list, even though I never played Luigi's Mansion, I was like, this it needs to be on the list somewhere. Yeah. So I was like, I, I hope Kaz has played it because I sure haven't. <laughs> yep. No, it's great, great gameplay there. Absolutely. Anyone who would like to complain about the fact that I've never played Luigi's Mansion, of course, can do so by contacting us and sending us angry video of you ranting about how much I suck because I haven't played Luigi's Mansion. I welcome it.
We we welcome angry ranting videos. I personally way. welcome it. You can if you want his address, I'll give it to you. Just no, kidding. Don't, don't do that. I won't send, send it to uh, two guys and a game podcast at gmo.com uh, care of Zach. <laughs> He's like, don't do, don't do that, Zach. You're, okay, you're taking it a little too far. Okay. Uh, oh, oh, okay. Uh, I'm just like, okay. oh, I'll dial it back. Here, here, here's where you you're are. At a here, 10, you need we to need be, you to be at a we, six. I need, I need you at like a six or maybe a seven, seven and a half. I'll meet you halfway. Now we come to another one of Harder's games with number eight. Even though I said I wouldn't do that, I'm going to do it anyway. Number eight. And this is a, it definitely a very interesting game. Uh, it's one that was definitely very popular when it came out, but there's a lot of people who may not even know about this game. Mm-hmm. I bet you there's at least going to be one or two people listening who are going to be like, what? I've never heard of this game at all. Never even heard game. of this character. Now, if they say I've never heard of this character, I'm going to be like, I will personally see to it that I will find you. And I don't know what I'll do. Okay, so but you're I'll at do a something. ten, style it down there. <laughs> I'm just joking. <laughs> you're at about a ten. This is gonna be like a six. <laughs> <laughs> so the game in question is Star Fox Adventures. Now, Star Fox Adventures is a 3D action adventure game with platforming elements. Never heard of it. Never heard of. Never heard of Star Fox Adventures. No, not until the other day. Yeah, I'd actually never. I didn't even think about it. Like. At all. Didn't even come across my head for Star Fox games for hmm. GameCube. Yeah. Well, it's interesting because it's it's very similar in the style of like Legend of Zelda in the sense of... Like Link 2? Link's Adventure? Like Zelda 2 Link's Adventure? Like that <laughs> sense? No. Oh. <laughs> no. Okay. Like the 3D Zelda games. Oh, okay. Good. Uh, you have, you know, like you have your... There's 13 different locations, um, each of which is unlocked as you kind of progress through the story. Okay. Um Unlike other Star Fox games, obviously Star Fox, if you guys are familiar with it, is a kind of like a rail shooter type game where you're in your your vehicle, like like Star Fox sixty four kind of yeah Star Fox sixty four where okay. like it's a rail yeah. shooter, you're in okay. your ship flying around shooting people, and mm-hmm. it's a total vehicle combat game. Whereas this game, like most, I'd probably say about ninety five percent of the time, you are literally on foot. Oh okay, Fox McCloud, who is your protagonist, is on foot. Nice. The only time you get in your R-Wing, which is your aircraft, is to reach other parts of the planet. And there's also like a couple space battles, okay. but for the most part, you're on foot running around. All of the combat system for this game is based around like a, kind of like a melee weapon oriented. Like you can get like little, you know, staff. You have like the staff you get. And I'm not going to go into the story of the game because there's way too much to go into. <laughs> this I was going to, like I was going to give like a quick kind of synopsis of it, yeah. but... There's so much to talk about. It's like, I'm just going to talk about why I love the game. But basically, you have all these different types of things. But at the beginning of the game, it's kind of funny because Fox is like, why can't I bring my blaster? Because he's a total, <laughs> like, you know. And General Pepper, literally, the exact words of him were, this mission is about saving the planet, not blowing it up. <laughs> and I thought I thought that was funny. So then Fox is like, well, great. Now what am I going to do? So then he finds a stick. And he's like, yeah, stick. And then he's like, oh, wait a minute. I was just in Super Smash Brothers. Hi-ya! Yeah. <laughs> well, that's the thing, too, is like, he, he's like this, he's this total badass of Super Smash Brothers, but like he can't seem to do, and he does some pretty cool moves. Like in the combat system, you can kind of somewhat chain attacks a little bit. Yeah. Not a cold bunch. So like he'll do different kicks and stuff. And he has some martial arts skills. Yeah, so yeah. It, it works. Yeah. Um, but some people right away, if they know Star Fox, they'll be like Fox McCloud and his whole crew in an RPG. Yes, it happened. Ooh. This whole game took place on, I, I believe it was just called Dinosaur Planet because that was going to be the original name of this game. Really? And they had like all these, it was going to be a whole different game. And then based on Nintendo was like, okay, we like the idea of the game. 
but let's make it a Star Fox game. And the person was like, what? Wait, you're going to put a fox in a dinosaur game. How does that make sense? Well, we, we just put a fox in. So you're going to put a fox that flies aircraft and is a space mercenary. But that's, you're going to put him in a game with a bunch of dinosaurs. Yeah, yes. but that's not all. We're also putting a frog, a rabbit, and a falcon. Uh, Falco actually does not make an appearance in this game. Until okay, well, you've lost my business. This is the end of number eight. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> this is the end of the, You have lost my you business. You have lost sir. my business. You have lost my business. If Falco's not in this game, I'm not playing it. I'm not playing this game, sir. Good day. Personally, I prefer the air. Like, come on. Falco <laughs> needs to be in it. He's, he's the best. I love Falco so much. But it had a great, really fluid combat system, some really awesome characters. Not Falco, obviously. Not Falco. Well, uh, spoiler alert: Falco makes an appearance at the end of the game. Well, you he saves just Fox. Said that. Well, that's- I, I kind of did. I said he. You, you don't see him, and like you kind of hear a little bit of story as to what happened with him, why he's not around. He went to the dark side, and then like he comes back at the end of the game, and he was like, "Oh, I guess I'm gonna save your hide again, Fox." <laughs> it's like so good because <laughs> Fox just like, "Oh, not this guy again," <laughs> but like he's grateful to see him, so it's all good. <laughs> but it, it, in all, it's just a really feel good game. I enjoyed this game so much there's so much fun that you can have with it it has a great story you end up you know saving this world that's basically been enslaved by this evil general dude and you know fox meets his love interest during the whole way with crystal so i mean that's a whole other it's also sonic's love interest too they fight over him in one game i'm pretty sure I don't know. That, that must be. I've never heard of this game. But I'm gonna, that's that's called uh, Fox versus Sonic. Yeah, it came out for the Nintendo. Uh, that's a really clever joke. <laughs> but in all, really feel good game, and I had to include it on my list just because of so, how much fun I had with this game. So now we come to number seven. It's. It's called Pokemon Coliseum. It's a little game I like to call Pokemon Coliseum. You may have heard of Pokemon, maybe not. I don't know. Anyways, in this game, you fight in Coliseums. Yeah, that's what? right. But that's not all that this game is about. This game is about a unique 3D Pokemon experience. This came out around 2003, just after Pokemon Sapphire. Actually, 2004, sorry, after Pokemon Sapphire and Ruby made their debut on the Game Boy Advance. So, naturally, double battles were becoming a huge thing in that game. And they decided to make gameplay of Pokemon Coliseum all about double battles. So I'm not kidding you. This game starts off and it is heated and you are just this badass guy who's going into your team. You, you are a part of this team called Team Snagum. I know, right? Who who would have thought of a cooler name than Snagum? Like, Snagum. That that's that's probably the most. Ba- that's better than Skull. Like, yeah. That's such. That's so, so cool. He breaks in. He breaks into his team fortress. Not like the game Team Fortress. He breaks into his Team Fortress. <laughs> and then he goes in and he steals this machine called the Snagit device. It goes on your arm. It's like this armband if you haven't played the game. And it goes on your arm and it charges Pokeballs to basically break the barrier of whatever Pokemon is owned by another person or NPC. And you can steal it. Yeah. So he goes in and steals this from his team because he's like, I don't want you guys having this. And then he rides off on his super cool motorcycle with his Espeon and Umbreon. Oh, yeah, that's right. He has an Espeon and Umbreon. And then he stops. He's all like, yeah, I'm safe. And then all of a sudden, these guys are like, you're not safe. Let's have a battle. And, and he's like, let's do it. And then you go into a double battle with Umbreon and Espeon. Worst mistake anyone could make, like, seriously. And <laughs> Even I know that, and I'm not a big Pokemon And this guy. guy's just like, you know, this is these two little babies used to be Eevees, but now they're my, they're my children. And anyway, so you're this character. You get to name your character, whatever. So he was always named Zack or Kaz, whatever you want to call him. 
And then you go to the city, and, uh, and this is just a quick intro to it. I'm not going to talk about the, the story forever. And uh, you go to the city, and there's this girl, and she's like, oh, my God, I have this superpower. And he's like, whatever. It's like, no, seriously, <laughs> I can see the auras of shadow Pokemon. And he's like, what the fuck is shadow Pokemon? And she's like, hey, are there these Pokemon that are tortured with evil pure aura and it's just like okay are you like high no seriously here's one right now you gotta steal it for me and then you play through the game and you get to the end of the game and then you realize none of these pokemon were shadow pokemon you're just a really bad person you just stole pokemon from little kids all over the no i'm just joking these pokemon are actually pretty evil anyways you end up uncovering (laughs) this whole conspiracy about like like what's going on in the world and why they're they're turning all these Pokemon into like these shadow Pokemon to try and make them more powerful. But really, we find out in the end that the true power of Pokemon is friendship. Well, damn. But yeah, <laughs> that's, so like the, that's like the, the, the true meaning. The true meaning of life. Of two guys in a game podcast. It's friendship. It's friendship. So yeah, so other than that though, the, the features that came with this game were you could connect your Game Boy Advance with Pokemon Ruby and Sapphire to the GameCube. Yes, that's right. You could connect the Game Boy Advance to the GameCube with a special cord. <gasps> Turn that on. You could be fighting your in-game team from Ruby and Sapphire with your in-game team from Pokemon Coliseum. And it was amazing because you were bringing in like Pokemon that you never thought you were ever going to see in these amazing graphics. And it was just so much fun. And That's pretty cool. Yeah, it was great. And... It was awesome. And then I'm also just going to go ahead and it's not on our list because I didn't want to double up on it. But the sequel to Pokemon Coliseum is called XD Gale of Darkness. And it's same kind of idea, except they took the double battle mechanic and they made it just a little They tweaked it just a little bit and they also took it out for some battles. You don't always have to do double battles. You can do single battles now, which I thought was really great. They also added a nice little feature where you can go catch wild Pokemon in the game, which was something that was lacking from Coliseum that oh, really sure. bugged me, where you all your Pokemon were kind of just preset into the game. Like, you knew what team you could have out of, like, 50 Pokemon. So, like, you, you couldn't potentially get, like, all these really cool, unique Pokemon. No, you kind of knew what you were going to That get. wasn't yeah. what the game was about, though, right? The game was more of just, like, going on this underground kind of Pokemon adventure that wasn't mainstream, but it got enough where on on the GameCube you're playing through it and you're like, this is actually fun. And it kind of actually, it pushed players to like not be able to have that full customization. Like they always used to. It was kind of like, here's what you got. Let's see what you can do with. Here's a, here's like a total kind of role play. Like you're this character. Go nuts. You you have like these 40 Pokemon you can catch. And so from that aspect, I can respect what they did, what they did with that. And Gale of darkness, the same thing. They, and yeah, it's honestly, it's just, it's one of those games that it's overlooked and it's definitely worth a playthrough if you can get your hands on it. I mean, it's a really rare game, but if you're a Pokemon fan, you'll love the idea of what it was and the story to it and the music. The music was something that you pointed out to me, like you were yeah. kind of showing. The me music anything. is what makes that game. Like it makes it feel like you're playing. Like I don't want to mesh Final Fantasy and Pokemon together, but if I have to, I will in this case because it's almost like they got the people who make the music for Final Fantasy and the people who make the music for Pokemon in a room, and it was like the guy who does the Pokemon music was like sort of attractive. And then the girl who does the final fantasy music is really attractive. And then they make this baby and it's Pokemon Coliseum music. And it's epic. And it's amazing. And you will play that game for the music alone. Just listening to the battle music, you will have it stuck in your head for weeks. Like there's even times where I'll just like randomly burst out with a Pokemon theme song or a Pokemon battle theme. And one of them will come from Pokemon Coliseum. So <laughs> most of them will come from Pokemon Coliseum. Yeah. And, and so that's, you know, that's me on Pokemon Coliseum. I feel like I've, I like talk way too much on my parts, but there you go. No, not at all. Cause you know me, 
I'm going to ramble on for like 45 minutes about some random bullshit. So, so sometimes you got to just go extra long and be like, oh, crap, here comes TJ's now. <laughs> we now come to number six, which is a game that some people who are listening right now are going to call total BS on me because they're going to be like, dude, this should probably be your number one. But oh, again, I get it. But again, I stress this was not my list. This was not Kaz's list. This was our combined list. He's guilt tripping me, ladies and yes, gentlemen. He's guilt tripping me. He, he's you. like, why didn't you? Like, I played this game a little bit. Like, I didn't play it religiously. <laughs> so, you know, I know I, I have one point I will say about it, but that's about it. I know it's a good game. Don't get me wrong. I'm just. No, but the, the reason why this game is where it is is mainly because the, our top five is so. Like Epic. they need to be where they are. Yeah. And it was like this game, I'm totally cool with where this game is on this, on our top 10 because it's, I think it's right where it needs to be. <laughs> and that is WWE day of reckoning. For those of you who are not familiar with WWE day of reckoning, uh, it's a WWE wrestling game in which you create characters. You can play through a story, which for the first time, this is the first time I played through a story that basically like, you completely create your own character. You start off in developmental. Um, you go through and you get signed to a WWE contract. You start working your way up to the main roster. There's all these. It's a really awesome, unique story. Mm-hmm. You can win titles and all that fun stuff. And you really see your character progress. So for me, being this, I played this game at literally the height of my wrestling obsession when I was a kid. So for me... To go, wait, so I can make my character... Look like Elmo. Uh, totally. Uh, <laughs> That's my point about this game that was awesome. Making the Incredible Hulk fight Elmo or the Cookie Monster fight Elmo. Pretty much any color you could make your character. And me and my friends would just pit them against each other. <laughs> and that was that was the game. Making silly characters. Just, with, yeah, yeah, Elmo. And then doing the voices to them while we're fighting. Like We would literally be like... Take it down. No, C is not just for cookie. It's for kill. That doesn't make any sense. <laughs> like we would do stuff like that. It was it was pretty good. Or we'd have the incredible Hulk come out. Hulk smash. And Hulk is spelled H-U-L-K. <laughs> we just made ridiculous characters. That's not even funny. I'm sorry, but that's what that game was to us. We were just you know, you're the worst kind of people who play wrestling games. I'm sorry. No, see, but like, I'm the guy who like I like make all these like really serious characters because I'm like, such a nerd. Don the the diaper changer. <laughs> he changes diapers. He's not just guys. for fun. Not just for fun. But I spent hours and hours and hours playing this game, not only by myself but with a ton of my friends. So the fact, like, like out of all of my f- wrestling games that I play with my friends, this is one that I probably spent the most time with. Mm. And like I said, the fact that it was at the height of my wrestling obsession that I was able to do this and have create this story and be like, oh yeah, here's my character. I'm going to go through and this would be like if I was actually a WWE superstar. Oh, this is great. Oh, so it was so much fun. And like I said, it was the first time in a wrestling game that you had like this really full immersive storyline and you could create a character. There was other games before Day of Reckoning that did that, but this is the first one that I played. Mm. Number one thing with this game, obviously, was the fluid controls where you can easily chain different types of striking with weak and strong grappling, plus jumping off the top rope and specials and all that kind of fun stuff. Only thing, side note, I'd be remiss not to mention this, the fact that you can break up finishers... I hate every single one of my friends right now 
for doing that. Because I would have four of my friends over, three <laughs> of my friends over, plus me, and we would have four-way matches, and literally, they would be like seven hours long because we wouldn't let anyone do a finisher, so we wouldn't win the match. Oh my it just gosh. wouldn't happen. And it was like, man, what is happening right now? But it's a game that's so easy for new players to get into as well. You can li- and you can literally like, you just spend hours and hours and hours creating characters. Yep. And for me, like that's something I love about wrestling games still to this day when I'm playing 2K17. I make an Elmo. I make an Elmo Wars. Yep. So it's a lot of fun. <laughs> and that's why it's my number six, mainly because it's just for me. The amount of time I spent with this game, uh, the amount that I enjoyed it, even though Dave Reckoning 2 kind of blew, is what it is. I really love this game. Absolutely love this game. And I love you, TJ. I love you too. Thank you. <laughs> Coming up next. No, I'm just joking. There's no commercials. Coming no, up wait, next. there is. Just joking. But these aren't the commercials. We're just joking around here. Coming up next, top five. Will you survive the next hour of talking? Because we've got a lot more to talk about. <laughs> we still have five more games to talk about. <laughs> and these are the good ones. Like, seriously, yeah. these are the ones we're going to literally just, oh, man. See, see, I feel like some of them, though, like, we're going to be like, yeah, this game is great. Moving on. Yeah. Like. So, yeah. <laughs> um, I really like Mario Party 7. It was great. Okay, moving on. <laughs> we're going to be the laziest reviewers now. That's what, I always, that's what I always do when I do these top 10 lists. That's why I yeah, want to start we're going to get lazy on these ones. Like, no, not at all. Number five is coming in so hot. It's like... You're in the fire temple. Legit, you actually do go to a fire temple that is pretty freaking hot. Literally. And number five is coming in. And I want to stress this. We do know that this game belongs on many consoles nowadays. But in mine and TJ's hearts, we played this game on the GameCube where it belonged to be played. Where it was actually meant to be played. And I don't care what anyone says. You're wrong. The Legend of Zaleta Twilight Princess. (laughs) And if you didn't understand that... Well, then you're just not a true Legend of Zelda fan that played Twilight Princess. Or uh, Legend of Zelda Twilight Princess. <laughs> so uh, number five is, of course, Legend of Zelda Twilight Princess. And for those of you who are not familiar with this game, uh, our boy Kaz is going to give you a quick uh, synopsis. Oh, yeah, baby. Okay, okay, okay. So we're going to get into this game. reason why this is number five, by the way, is because we can't stress enough that this is actually probably... Mine and TJ's favorite Zelda game that came out on the GameCube. Absolutely. But other than that, we just put it at number five because there is a lot of controversy going on between me and him where we were talking about my my biggest. It's more me. I think that this game really is belonging in a top 10 for Wii, but it also belongs in a top 10 for Wii U. So we just put it as number five because we couldn't put it any higher on the list and make it like six or seven. We couldn't put it any lower because our actual next four games after this one deserve their they place. deserve their basically like they locked it in. Like, oh, for sure. And the thing is with Twilight Princess Two is like Cash was saying, I played this game on GameCube and only on GameCube. Yeah. So yeah, it does deserve to be on a Wii list, but I think that we would be remiss not to include it on this yeah. list. So Twilight Princess, you know the drill. You start off as a little boy named Link. He's a cool little farm boy in this game, and life's pretty good, actually, when you start off. You know, your, your life's pretty much together. It's not like other Zelda games where your life's total shithole, and you're just, oh, man, I don't know what's going on. Just kidding. Okay, <laughs> so you're a nice little farm boy in this game, and you're about to go on a quest to deliver a nice sword to the Hyrule Castle, and you're like, you know, are you ready to go tomorrow? And it's like, yeah, sure. It's like, okay, go get some rest. Before you go get some rest, can you go help the guy over at the farm put all the goats away? Yeah, no problem. But before you're done that, can you actually go do this? Yeah, sure, no problem. Okay, see you tomorrow. Oh, wait a minute. Hold on. Crap goes down. Bad guys attack the village. Link turns into a wolf. Enough said. 
right off the bat, the second that I found out Link turns into a wolf, I'm not going to lie. I almost didn't play this game. Yeah, okay, I'm going to get into that too. Um, definitely turn off for me. When I when I started playing as yeah. Wolf Link, I was kind of like, I don't know, I don't really like this. Like, I would rather just be normal Link all I didn't the time. At all. I hated I hated being the wolf. And so, yeah, like the wolf parts were really irritating for me too. Um, they did a better job in the HD version perfecting that whole thing. They made it less annoying, uh, definitely. Yeah, like for me, it was just, I loved the story of Twilight Princess. I loved everything yeah. about Twilight Princess except for that. The wolf Except parts. for the wolf parts. Yeah. That's the only reason why literally I don't f- would say that it's not my all-time favorite Legend of Zelda game. Yeah, that's where it falls under. It's not my favorite Zelda game. Not even close. I've got so many favorites. Oh, yeah, for sure. Um, But it does... It, it Not only did it like... I'm not. I don't want to go into graphics. I'm not a graphics person. Yeah, like, that's the thing with the two of us. That's why I think we're such a good fit for yeah. each other to do this kind of a gaming podcast because we both like the same kind of things in games. Like we're, we don't care about graphics or frame rate or yeah. Kind of it has to be like a complete package, and Twilight Princess has the complete package in this sense where it doesn't just focus on the graphics. It focuses on the environment, and you anywhere that you see in this environment that you kind of want to like explore isn't completely useless. It's not just cosmetic. There's something there. And that's a big deal to me. Like, I hate games that just, like, they focus so much on cosmetics. Like, and you're like, wow, this is amazing. But I'm not going to explore any of this because there's nothing to explore here. Yeah. Where Twilight Princess is like, oh, there's, like, a random rock over in the middle of this field. And you have to have the hook shot to get up to it or the claw shot. It's going to have a heart piece on it. It's going to be something worth exploring. Therefore, it makes it useful. Absolutely. And, like, you want to explore. Yeah. This is beautiful, big open world. You and just you want to look around and check things out. Yeah. And they perfectly capture what Hyrule Field should be. Absolutely. Like, the music is even there, and it brings you back to Ocarina of Time without making you feel like you're playing Ocarina of Time. It just has that, like, sense of urgency. You got to get stuff done. Epona is amazing in this game. Like, th- that was my favorite thing. When I got my horse back and I was riding around, the fact that you could draw your sword on your horse. Yes. Like that was always something that bothered me whenever I was playing the other like Ocarina and Majora's Mask. It was like, how am I not able to draw my sword? Like knights do it all the time. Why can't I do it? Well, finally they clued in and said, well, Link is a knight. So yes, here's his sword. Boom. And then what else? The temples in that game, they were a challenge. They weren't like to the point where you're like, oh God, I'm hurting my head. But they did offer a nice challenge. So you wouldn't leave at the end of the day going, oh, that temple sucked. Yeah, yeah. It wasn't like every level in this game, every temple in this game felt so satisfying. Yeah. It was a great that. And that's what you want. You want that feeling. Yeah. And honestly, like the first three temples that lead up to the the, the middle arc that like give you that middle arc thing where things are changing. Things are going to get a bit tougher now. They are so great. They are perfect. Like, they perfected their temples there. Boss mm. fights, a little underwhelming. I will, I will say that. A little bit, yeah, somewhat, like, for sure. You know, the first boss fight was pretty interesting, like, with the Deku Baba guy. Like, yeah. He kind of was like, okay, he's a little bit of a puzzler, but then they kind of phoned it in on the fire temple boss. They kind of phoned it in on the water temple boss, but they make up for it later on down the road. Yes. Like, so, right after you beat those three guys, like, the first three temples, in an amazing, like, like amazing visuals, amazing gameplay. You're feeling great. Like Lake Hyla, holy crap! Like swimming that. Yes, beautiful. Number one thing for me is anytime that I turn on Twilight Princess and I find a new area, it would be this overwhelming sensation of like this is how I pictured in my mind Ocarina of Time looked. Yes, like when you look back on Ocarina of Time now, obviously, yes, there's all these people who are, you know, oh, all you fanboys talk about how much this game is great and how beautiful it was, and it was a crappy game and crappy graphics and blah, 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 all those stupid internet idiots. Um, 
Uh, but I'm not bitter or anything. I promise. Um, I'm turning the dial down, folks. I'm, Don't I'm worry. Just turn I'm it turning down. Turning the dial down for turn him. Her back. Turn her back. Kind of calm him down. Get a we, beer into this guy. Here. We both have a dial. We're just going to slowly, slowly <laughs> turn it back. Um, but the way that this game looks is like to me the way that Ocarina of Time should have looked. If that makes sense, yep. like these big, beautiful open worlds, and especially like Lake like you were just saying. The second I got there, I was like. I just want to like stay here yeah. all day and swim around. Lake Hyla was just amazing, yeah. and and it was filled with mysteries and stuff. Like it wasn't just like a lake. It was like let's go down here, let's swim down here, and it was huge. It was big. It was what you expect a lake to be. But yeah, so you're after after you're done the you know your trivial introduction and you're trying to break your curse and on Link and trying to save all the kids. You go and you find the Master Sword. <sighs> And I cannot tell you that was the moment where this game for me was just like, I know this might seem like the stupidest cliche, but the second Link goes up to the Master Sword and he pulls it out and the music's just like, they, it's like it's, yeah. it reminds you of Ocarina of Time, but the way he does it, it's like he struggles to pull it out and the light's shining from the sword and he pulls it out and he holds it up and all the fog clears and I just, oh, I just get goosebumps even thinking yeah. about that scene. like and, and him just holding it up and then Midna just flies up behind him who by the way I haven't even talked about Midna but we'll get to her she's his little companion she's like his Navi for the game less annoying but just by a little she flies up behind him and she kind of leans on him and she goes the, ma- the Master Sword has chosen you as its master and I'm just like oh. you're damn right it is I'm like thank you for giving us the name it's like meaning because that to me was always like why is it called the Master Sword yeah and that's why it's it chosen chooses you as its master yeah and it's such, a, it's such a cliche thing to do for a weapon, like from a fantasy standpoint. Like that's such a thing yeah. you would do. Like Excalibur chose like King Arthur kind of thing. But still, it's the Master Sword. And the Master Sword looked like what I wanted the Master Sword to look like my yes. whole life. And that was the first visual we got where it was like it didn't look like a butter knife from Ocarina of Time's graphics. Like the original Ocarina of Time's Master Sword looked like this weird misshapen sword. And then you were just like, oh, what the, what's this? So either I use this or I go and use the big Oron sword that looks more like a... I don't even know what the big Oron sword used to look like. Just the graphics. A really big sword. That was, yeah. It's <laughs> basically so, like a giant claymore. But yeah, so it, that was where they got the animation perfect on the Master Sword for me in the 3D format. And like, and Wind Waker did a good job. But yeah, like when I'm talking Master Sword, I mean like legitimate, what would a real life Master Sword look to yeah. be? Like, not what a cartoon. Like I love the Master Sword from Wind Waker. Mm-hmm. And we'll, I'll get into that later. But anyways, Twilight Princess. Spoiler alert. Twilight Princess had to be number five because great gameplay, great Legend of Zelda feel, unique as usual. Like they had a unique uh, game style to it with the wolf transformation thing that definitely added some extra stuff to it. Um, the combat system, like you could learn special moves, which that was something I really loved. Like the second yeah. that I, I was like, oh, like I can, you can learn all these awesome kill moves and like it just the sword play in general from yeah. this game made me fall in love with it because I was like, Link actually is like a swordsman in this game. Mm-hmm. He really has all these awesome attacks and it just, it took it to a whole other level for me. Absolutely. And then you have those annoying canoe games where you got to shoot all the pots with your arrow without smashing into the wall or else you lose points. I hate you, game. I hate you. I hate you, too. I hate you so much. You know how much I tried to freaking do that? Like I spent like three hours one day because it gives you the upgrade for the bigger bomb bag. And if you get that, you can have like three bomb bags with 60 bombs. You're never going to run out of bombs for the rest of the game. And I was just determined to get it. And when I finally got it, I was like, yes, I beat it. I beat it. And then I didn't realize the game was still going. And I slammed the canoe and I lost the one point. And I was like, God damn it. Got to go back. But anyways, overall, I give Twilight Princess a three out of 
one. No, I'm just joking. I'm not rating. I'm not rating crap. We, we, I don't know if we're ever going to do a rating system, but our rating system is going to be really stupid. Yeah, no, I, I love Twilight Princess. I, I will probably end up playing it again by the end of the year on the Wii U, of course, because nobody needs to go back to the old stuff where it made the game trivial. Nobody likes the old school. I'm just joking. See, I'm but probably going to play, play GameCube like later when we're done this list. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, that's Twilight Princess, and then I don't know unless you want to add anything else. No, you you pretty much hit. That's why I just let you do first. You could do all the work. You pretty much hit all the points I wanted to hit. Okay. Um, fishing was stupid too in that game. Don't fish; yeah. it's dumb. Okay. We don't need no damn fish. So we'll move on to number four. I guess we're good with number this? four. All right, cool. So number four um, is Metroid Prime. And for those of you who don't know what Metroid or Prime means, Prime means pretty freaking awesome. And Metroid is a little alien thing, jellyfish that sucks your brains out and kills you. And if you don't know what either of those two have to do with this game, well, maybe the name Sam Aran has something to do. What up? What up, Sam Aran? Yeah. I'll let you take the header on this. So one. basically, Metroid Prime, for those of you who are not familiar with the Metroid series, uh, you play as a bounty hunter who has an No awesome relation to Boba Fett or Master Chief. No, absolutely <coughs> cough, not. Cough, cough. Cough, 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 cough. <laughs> Metroid was around before Master Chief, okay? But I don't know if she was around before Boba Fett, so I can't comment on that. I feel like... I feel like she was... Possibly. Not. Possibly. No, I don't think so. No, no I think she absolutely would, after, not. She would have been after Boba Fett. Yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely yeah, after. But basically, she has her power armor, and actually you don't know it's a she until certain parts of the game but she I has always her power believed armor. in her I yeah. mean him yeah uh-huh. and that's the thing is who ca- no one cared because you're like yeah. oh you're this badass guy and then you find out the sandwich is a woman and you're like <gasps> and you're like oh my gosh I hope she's in Super Smash Brothers Brawl not wearing her armor oh and my god she is. she is yeah I'm gonna look at Samus's butt yeah so it's Captain Falcon I mean what uh, what? Uh, what? <laughs> what what but Basically, the Metroid Prime series, you play as this bounty hunter. You go around fighting space pirates, all this cool stuff. You have this awesome gun that's on your arm, and you shoot stuff out of it. It's so cool. It's called a power beam, folks. Pew, pew, pew. Yeah. Best thing to do to someone in Super Smash Bros. We'll get to that game in a little bit. Possibly. Possibly get to it. Who knows? Another spoiler alert. But what was really cool about Metroid Prime was, yes, the story was similar to, you know, you're fighting space pirate you're going around doing all this cool stuff but it was a departure for nintendo with metroid because metroid prime was the first first person perspective shooter for metroid and people were pissed when they announced it was going to be a first person yeah people because i was uh, you know, a young teenager when this happened. I know you may not remember this, Kaz, because you are but a couple years younger than me. No, I, I just <laughs> bought the game and thought it was awesome. So Yeah, I'm, and I'm joking, by the way. He's like literally like uh, two years younger than me. But when I can remember the people, like people were so mad. People were like, hash, like I mean, hashtag it wasn't a thing at that point. I don't but think, hash but, pipes uh, were, and they were definitely pipes. smoking it. Because <laughs> they were insane. They're crazy. To think that this first person perspective was going to, they were like, it's going to ruin Metroid. It's not going to be any good. It's going to be a call of duty ripoff, blah, 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 blah. And I mean, yeah, I get why people were kind of up in arms about it because they were changing something they love. Mm-hmm. And I totally get it. But me personally, I was like, I played some of the original Metroids and I was like, you know what? I'm all for it. Let's do this. And dude, the second you turn on that game, the graphics Amazing, yeah. Frame rate, all that kind of stuff that the we don't really to, care about. Dun, dun, yes. Dun, 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 
Damn. It was the atmosphere. The second you step onto that ship, you step out of your ship, and Sam's just looking around. He's got her gun, and it goes to that first-person perspective. You literally feel like you are Samus. You're in her armor. And you're you got her upgrades. You're good to go. You don't need any more upgrades. Oh, shit. My upgrades all just got destroyed. <laughs> I got to go find my upgrades, guys. Hey, what's this upgrade? You're a beach ball now. Sweet. I needed this upgrade so bad. Now you can Amen. fit into all the tight spots the beach balls can fit into. <laughs> That's literally like, when I first got that upgrade, I was like, what? What is, so, why fun. is this an upgrade? Why did I just fight this guy for this? Up-? I'm like, okay, the first couple upgrades were cool. Thanks for the gun back. Thanks for this. But like, really? I'm a ball. And then the ball actually ended up becoming way cooler. As oh, after the rest of the game, you're like, okay, this is actually pretty sick. Now I look like a yo-yo. What up? Now I look like a yo-yo. <laughs> That's literally how yeah, my mental. I forgot about yeah. that. I forgot about that. <laughs> Where you get the spider ball and you yes. look like a yo-yo. You look like a yo-yo. Hey, look. Look, guys, I'm a yo-yo. Or no, look, I was, I was a yo-yo. Was. Like, <laughs> trying to do Toy Story 2 there. Over everyone's head. But... The atmosphere overall of this game was just so intense. I can remember playing through this game, and the second that you get on the first world you go to, yeah. and you just look around, you're like, this is huge. Chozo runes, baby. It was such a big world. There's all these awesome enemies. The gameplay is amazing. The combat is exceptional. And I, I forgot how good it was. I went back and played it the other day, mm-hmm. and I forgot how good the combat was, like yeah. how fluent, because I was like, oh, like, it's... Have you played it on the Wii? I have not. So I have it for the Wii, and that's where I, I actually played through it last. Yeah, it's, it's... It's like... So the only thing I'll say is that with the GameCube controls, where you have to aim, and you got to like target things, you got to hold the R button down, and you got to be like everything, and you can't just shoot where you want to shoot. Yeah. The Wii takes that all out. It's just like, hey, aim it at the, the screen. Okay, and now wherever you aim with is this... Is where you're aiming. Is where you're aiming, and I'm just like, okay... They did that with all the. They did that with Metroid One and Two. They remastered them for that, and then Metroid Three is exactly that's how the gameplay goes, right? So I was like, perfect. So I played through Metroid One and Two on the Wii, and it's actually the first time I've ever beaten it, just because the controls were so fine tuned. And now I'm like, I'm begging Metroid Prime Four when it comes out that on the Switch that they just have some way of doing it where it's not going to completely fuck up first person shooters. Yeah, and they need to they need to really revamp Metroid right yeah. now because the last couple of Metroid games were embarrassing. So they've got a couple out now. They've got one that just came out, but anyways. Oh, yeah. I have not heard of this. This is why Kaz is, he keeps up with everything. He knows what's going on in the gaming world. Was I have no idea. I'm, yeah, I know. I'm, a 3DS version of Metroid just got released. It's a classic side scroller. It's called, oh, it's called Metroid Samus uh, Samus Returns. I'm pretty sure. Oh, awesome! Yeah, I, oh, it looks great. I'd I'd buy it. I just I I know I won't have the time right now just to sit down because if I do, then I'm gonna need to book time off work. <laughs> Listen, I need to book off like two weeks. Why? Well, I got Metroid uh, uh, Samus Return. I'm more, it's okay. I'm I more excited for Metroid Prime Four though, just because. It, yeah. I can't wait to see what they can do with the graphics on it. And I know I said I'm not a graphic person. I just said I can't wait to see Metroid like make a return in general just because, you know, it's been too long. It has been too long. And I mean, like like I was just saying, the, the last uh, Metroid game I played, I played for 30 seconds and I had to turn it off because I was embarrassed by just the story arc. Which one? Other M? Other M, yeah. yeah nobody. Where Samus like becomes like a... I don't even know. She's like a damsel and just, I don't even know what was going on, but it was not, that was not Samus. That was, I was Slamus. Slamus. 
<laughs> but that's Metroid Prime. Do you have anything else you want to add? Yeah, Darth Vader suit Samus was yeah. the best. How did I forget that? It's like the best. Dude. She's jet black with red, and she's just like, I'm angry now. I'm going to kill the Metroids like I came to do in the first place. And then she goes and fights the Metro guy, who's really not that hard as I thought he would be. And then his name Metroid Prime, just in case you didn't know. That's kind of yeah, that's kind of the whole premise of the entire game, game. I forgot to mention. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's it, overall it's a great game. Lots of um, you know exploring, going to different areas, different worlds. It's it's fun. It's really fun. Absolutely fun. And with that, we now move on to our number three game. Surprisingly, Lincoln Samus are both in this one together, and also Fox. And also Pikachu. Uh, but no one. And uh, Luigi is as well. And not Star Wars Rogue Leader. I was going to say, there's no one from Star Wars, but that's okay. <laughs> and that is our number three game, which definitely deserves to be right where it is, in my opinion. Yeah, because it's not better, but it's not worse. Sorry, guys. <laughs> that is Super Smash Bros. Melee. Probably no surprise to a lot of people. Yeah, I mean, if you're surprised that we put Super Smash Brothers on our list, then you're listening to the wrong podcast, and I unfan you. Unfanned. That's a thing. I'm, I, I'm, I'm coining that right now. Episode one, you're unfanned. Super Smash Bros. <laughs> is, Melee. Come on. We're not even, this isn't even episode one. This is the pilot. So this is the pilot, already, which will turn into episode one, two, episode three, four, one five. and seven. Actually, we'll know what we're going to do is we're going to go episode four, five, and six, and then we're going to go back to episode one, two, and three. Yeah. <laughs> See, and we're going to make I mean, really funny. terrible. The, the first three episodes are going to be really terrible when we make them. Yes. It's going to be even, like, even biting my tongue. Yeah, we're not, we're not talking about this today. But basically, Super Smash Bros. Melee, uh, for those of you guys who don't know, is a sequel to Super Smash Brothers. Yes. Which was literally a fighting game, beat em up. And it's the prequel to Super Smash Brothers Brawl. In case you guys didn't know that. And it's also the, the pre pre sequel to Super Smash Brothers Wii U and 3DS edition. <gasps> yeah, just in case you didn't. Just know. in case you guys couldn't figure that out on your own. He's really smart. I am. He, he knows math and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> but Super Smash Brothers on the N64, it was literally a fighting beat-em-up type game in which all of the classic Nintendo characters all got together and literally yep. just fought each other. And like you didn't know half of them, but that's okay because you didn't have to know who Samus was really. You didn't really know where that Captain Falcon came from, but it was the fact that Captain Falcon became so iconic. Yes. Falcon Punch! <laughs> yes! Show me your moves! I mean boobs! Uh, whatever. Show me Float your, your boobs! Boat, doll face. <laughs> That's the best part of better. Dude, Captain Falcon's like an icon. Like, they need to make a game just about Captain Falcon running around being like a total, like, jackass. Yeah, yeah, like, he, he totally could pull it off. He's like, like, when he gets his final smash in, like, Brawl, and he's just like, come on, Blue Falcon! And he just runs over somebody with his race car, and you're just like, <laughs> you dick. dick. Like, you seriously, dick. Mario just shoots fire out of his hands. Link sh- at least uses the Triforce. What do you do? You hit us with your car? <laughs> and he's like, yes! Come on! Yeah. Blue Falcon! Falcon. <laughs> he's so good. Oh, yeah. So classic. Falcon kick! And of course, he is in this game, as is all the other classic characters from Super Smash Bros., as well as a bunch of new characters. Yep, which are no longer in any of the other Smash Bros. games, surprisingly, unless you buy the DLC. Of course, because DLC has ruined gaming. So let's see here. What's your favorite character for Melee? Because, you know, I don't really have like, I could talk about like why Melee is great for like 15 minutes, but I think we should just really just go 
Who would you pick in a fight right now if me and you were playing Melee? Who was oh, your go-to character? God. Go. See, my go. go-to get character used to be Marth. Oh, okay. But I'm not good enough to play as Marth anymore because he's like a dodge guy. Yeah. Um, I'd probably have to pick Link. Link. Younger or regular? Oh, re- regular. Oh, regular? Sure. Regular yeah. Link? Okay. Do you want to know who I'd pick? Who would you pick? Come on, baby. We just talked about it. Yes. <laughs> Come on. Captain Falcon. Yes. <laughs> Show me your moves. Show me your moves. Falcon kick. Falcon kick. Yes. Freaking give you the one-two Falcon punch. That'd be me, baby. Oh, yeah. I'd just go right to him, and then after I lose one match with him, I'm like, you suck, Captain Falcon. Why'd I pick you? Let's go to Falco. And then I'd do Falco for a bit. Then I'd, I'd switch to Fox, because I'm a dick like that. Then I'd switch to Dr. Mario. Then I'd be Ness. Game and Watch. No, I hate... Dude... I was just playing Melee the other night with uh, the Pedusa and the heel Ryanwood. Um, and we we were literally playing, and I can't remember who was Mr. Game and Watch. I think it was Brandon. And I was playing as Ness, and uh, Ryan was playing as, I believe, Fox, because he's a dick, and he's really good at that game. But we're playing, and like it was, I was not doing very well. Uh, neither was Brandon. Um, but he kept... <laughs> You know, he has that move where he puts up the number and yeah. if he gets a 10, you instantly die. Yeah. He kept hitting that. And it was it's like, <laughs> and he, that's the only time any of us killed Ryan was when he kept doing that. And then like I was trying to use my PK Thunder and I'd hit it like once in a while. It was, why would you use Ness against Fox? That's like just saying, hey. Because I'm insane. Yeah, clearly. Like, like I know my one insane. friend can use like Ness pretty good. I can't beat him, but he's a really tactical player. Yeah, whereas I am not. And see, like, if I ever go up against someone who's like, you know, I'm going to kick your ass, I'm going to be like, well, I know who I'm picking. You know who I'm picking, right? Captain Falcon! Wrong. Close, though. Pick Jigglypuff. Cut down B. Yeah. They're dead. Fair enough. Yeah, and I'm perfect timing that. Or, if you really just want to be a dick, every la- everybody, ladies and gentlemen, mostly the ladies. No. Mostly. Mostly. No. Uh, you, you, you pick Roy, and then you just sit at the edge of the map, and you just charge up his B-move, and you just watch idiots try and come over to you, and then you just let go of your B-move, and you send them flying off the map. Simple as that. See, anytime I'm Roy, that never works for me. Well, you're just not doing it right. I guess not. I don't know. We'll play Melee sometime. You can show me. Yeah, I'll, I'll show you. But, but number three, Super Smash Bros. Melee, I think we've pretty much covered it. Yeah, whatever. The maps are good. Stages were good. Yep, Master good Hand's good. Yay. I don't know. Whatever. Who cares? Fun yeah. unlockables and so forth. Go play Super Smash Brothers at a theater near you. Okay. <laughs> right on. We now come to our number two. Yes, number two. Okay. We're going to let Kaz take this one. Boom. Number two, this had to be number two. I told TJ I wouldn't do the podcast unless this was either number one or number two. Literally, like when he signed his contract, which we totally did. Legit. Um, totally signed a contract. He literally, his one requirement was that this is number two on the list. On any any list. Any if list we're talking we N64, this game is number two on the list. And, tech, and the funny part is it's probably going it's to probably be. It's probably going to be for the N64 that. version. I Actually, yeah. as we said that, I was like, yeah, you know. But I was being specific about this game. Paper Mario and the Thousand Year Door, ladies and gentlemen. If you have not played this experience, you need to get in on it. I don't care if it costs you $1,000 to purchase this game. I don't care if you want to borrow it from me. I will say no. You cannot borrow this game from me. But... Paper Mario and the Thousand Year Door is the sequel to Paper Mario on the N64. And if you hadn't played Paper Mario, and the reason why I'm lowering my voice is because I'm serious about this. It's very serious, guys. 
Paper Mario was an RPG for the N64, and it was the most amazing RPG. It was a turn-based RPG style, very simple to follow, but very difficult if you didn't understand exactly what you were doing and if you couldn't time your attacks right. And Paper Mario Thousand Year Door said, Hey, Paper Mario, this is what we should do with you and make you even better. And they made Paper Mario The Thousand Year Door. It was the sequel. It's amazing. You start right off where you left off in the last game. You're kind of familiar with the controls. You know how to use your hammer. You know how to jump on guy's head. Then they throw this huge twist at you. The story's actually better than the first game. And you didn't actually think that was possible. The partners are actually better than the first game because they're more relatable to you as a person. It's not just like, hey, I'm Mario. Hey, I'm a Goomba. You're my friend now. No, it's like, hey, I'm Mario. What's going on here in this rogue town where I'm coming into to clean up the streets? It's literally, that's how Mario sounds in the game. I'm not even kidding. <laughs> he's, he's not even joking. He sounds like And that. then this Goomba girl walks up and goes i'm a goomba girl and i'm being harassed by these weird stormtrooper guys and mario's all like not in my town and then she's like but you just got here and he goes well this is my town now this is my town now and he fights bitch. these guys and she's all like you remember how to battle right and he's like i think so i'm to give me a tutorial well you press a to jump and b to use your hammer and duh, 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 duh. it's like okay cool it got it Anyways, so the characters in this game are so much more relatable and they just like connect with you they are. in a way where you're just like, oh my gosh, like everybody in this game is so, they have so many issues and they've got so much stuff that you just, you it's like almost relatable to your daily life. You've got a guy who's trying to take over a wrestling arena and because he's sick and tired of all this crap and he wants to be the strongest person in the world and he's sick and tired of being pushed around. So he's like, I'm going to kill everyone. I'm going to kill this girl's brother who's the champion who tried to stop me before. And it's it's great. And then you got this other organization who was trying to like use the moon as their moon base and blow up the world and take over the world that way. And then you got Bowser, who's just trying to eat Mario on the side. And he's just like, Mario, get back here. And I want to eat you. And Mario's like, I left that level like two levels ago. I feel like some Italian. Yeah. <laughs> Mario's. And, I made him funny. And so like, yeah. And that was the great thing about that game is you got to play. It's not just Mario. You got to yes. play as Princess Peach. You got to play as Bowser. Like they, they actually let you play as all these other characters. And it was like, where is this creativity coming from? Like who took the leash off the guy who made the first game? Because good on you. And... This game is filled with just like submersive levels, great RPG. Yeah, it's a little repetitive, but it's not to the point where you're like fed up with it. You you know, you, if you're a true RPG person, you want to get your grind on. You want to level sure. your character up and you want to get him tough enough where you're not going to get to that boss and go, crap, he's going to one hit me every time. And that's I feel like for me personally, that was never the case. Like I feel yeah, like I was I always prepared. It's an easy flowing game, right? Oh, like, for sure. It's not too stressful for anybody. Like it's a casual, it can be casual and it can be intense depending on which way mm -hmm. you want to take it. Depending on how you want to play. And so, yeah. So like the story revolves around Mario and he gets here and he's got to save Princess Peach, but not in the way you're thinking where he's got to go save her or save him from Bowser in this sense. She's been kidnapped by a completely different group of people. The space guys want to blow up the earth. And in order to do this, Mario has to open the thousand-year door. But the only way Mario can open the thousand-year door is if he has in his possession these seven mystical crystal stars. Now, I'm telling you, these crystal stars might sound kind of lame compared to star spirits. Because, you know, star spirits are so much cooler. They could talk. They were really annoying, and they actually didn't serve much purpose in the game. <laughs> but the crystal stars, these stars are just nice and quiet. They're beautiful to look at, and the visual on them when you finally get one is the, one of really the most yeah. just accomplishing moments when you get it. And so 
each level has one of these. Each level has some sort of darkness to it. It's got something behind it where you're just like, something's gone wrong. Mario shows up. He saves the day. He gets the crystal star. But there's one level in particular. Well, there's actually two. Well, maybe three. I'd really like to hit points on it. I'd like it to be a discussion if you could, if you want to weigh in on it, if you have your opinion, and I don't overstep my bounds here. But, okay, I'm going to talk about them in order. So I'm going to go, first of all, number one, Glitzville. Okay. That level to me, when I got to there, I always wanted to make hot dogs. (laughs) Because that hot dog stand standing there. Yeah. And I'm just like, for some reason, I go over and buy a hot dog. And I'm like, if Mario gets a fucking hot dog, I'm getting a fucking hot dog. But not as, aside from that, <laughs> that level to me was amazing. It was, yeah. It was, it was, I did not expect it. I actually thought it was a joke at first when I started playing the level. When you have to fight your way up 20 ranks just to get to that crystal star. And yeah, it was just, there's no way. And we, we get, you go through this. And, and of course, this level isn't just about, you know, the fighting and the ranking system. Mm-hmm. It's also about the sleuthing you do on the side. Of course. And that's really what ties the whole level together is you're not just fighting like in a, you know, match after match after match. You're really, you know, getting that whole uncovering a conspiracy that's going on within the ring. Yeah. Which was like, I mean, for me personally, like that was something that was so cool because if it was just the fighting, I would have been like, "Uh, this is okay, I guess. But having that detective this on the side, you're sneaking around, checking stuff out. That was really cool to me. I really yeah. enjoyed that. Yeah, and it, and it tied up as a good level. And yeah, no, definitely just... Yeah, overall, though, Paper Mario, it's it's right where it's at. And Paper Mario, Thousand Year Door. Absolutely. Yeah. Right where it belongs. Mm-hmm. Um, we could probably talk about this game for like another like half hour. Yeah, we could. <laughs> but we now come to our number one. But before we do that, we're going to do a quick recap of our list. So at number 10, we had Star Wars Rogue Leader 2. Number 9, we had Luigi's Mansion. Number 8, of course, we had Star Fox Adventures. Number 7, we had Pokemon Coliseum. Number 6 was WWE Day of Reckoning. Elmo's Revenge. Elmo's Revenge, of course. Twilight Princess is coming in at number 5, as you recall. Just happened. And, of course, number four was Metroid Prime. Number three, Super Smash Bros. Melee. And, of course, the game we just talked about, number two, Paper Mario, Thousand Year Door. Now, before we get to our number one, there are a few honorable mentions that uh, I personally have to mention some of these games. Um, (laughs) Ones that I definitely need to mention. Uh, Number one is Star Fox Assault, because I loved that game, the different types of vehicles fighting on foot. Totally loved it. Uh, Star Wars Rogue... War Squadron 3 Rebel Strike for obvious reasons. <laughs> it's literally, uh, again, slightly upgraded version of Star Wars Rogue Leader, but it could not be my number 10. It had to be Rogue Leader 2. Um, another one for me has to be Def Jam Fight for New York. Anyone who's played that game knows why. Fighting game with hip-hop artists and shit. Totally was not my thing, but I loved it for some reason. And then I know also Zach has some games that he definitely would like to mention as well. Oh, well, I already mentioned Gale of Darkness there earlier. <clears throat> that game definitely comes right beside Pokemon Coliseum. We got Pokemon Channel. Not really top 10 material, unfortunately, in my opinion at all. But it's one of those games that when it came out, it was a fun little fun little thing to goof around on and watch a Pikachu watch TV with you. And overall, yeah, definitely had to be mentioned if you haven't played it and you, you see it at a local gaming store 
give it a shot. It's a fun little way to waste some time. Uh, Super Mario Sunshine. I'm not going to get into why it didn't make it onto the list, but me and TJ just both really never, I guess, got into this game. Yeah, like it was definitely one that when you're talking about a top 10 list for a GameCube, you have to mention that. Yeah, and like the reason why it's not on mine personally is every time I played it, I loved it. I just never got into it enough where I could see myself going, yes, this game is so good. I'm going to play it all the time when I'm older. Like I play Mario 64 all the time. Yeah. I don't play Mario Sunshine all the time. Yeah, absolutely. um, there's also uh, Dance Dance Revolution Mario Mix, which is amazing. <laughs> oh my god, I totally forgot about that until I read it. I was just like, oh god, I forgot I told you about that. It's this Dance Dance Revolution Mario Mix is Dance Dance Revolution with Mario in the mix. And if you've never seen any footage on this, I urge you to go on YouTube right away and just start watching videos we implore you folks. just do it and you will not be disappointed watching mario break dancing or luigi and bowser freaking wrecking it on the dance floor together so yeah definitely that and our last honorable mention it didn't make it on the list and i think this one was would have made it on the list almost but we just kind of it didn't fit at yeah, the end of it yeah, all just and it's not that us. we don't love this game and the franchise that it is but mario kart double dash it was a great game on the gamecube always fun being able to pick two characters per your cart and it really did just it opened up mario kart to a whole nother level it did and it really revolutionized the way that mario kart is played yes so and it it just didn't make it on the list just because it just we didn't feel like it was meant to be on the list absolutely doesn't mean those games aren't great, but now we get to the main event of the evening, our number one GameCube game of all times, which is hilarious because technically I've never really played this game a whole lot. <laughs> I'm just finding this out now, folks. I swear. <laughs> uh, um, it is Conker's Bad Fur Day 2, live and reloaded for Xbox. Hell yeah! Got you. This isn't a top ten list for GameCube anymore. We just hijacked. No, I'm just joking. It's Legend of Zelda: The Wind Waker, ladies and gentlemen. Who could have thought? What else would be at number one? Seeing as Wind Waker was not on our list anywhere else. Um, Pokemon Storage Box Ruby and Sapphire could have been number one. I'm just joking. <laughs> it's literally like an app where you store more Pokemon if you run out of room in your Game Boy games. You could store them onto a disc or a memory card. Really? Yeah. That's yeah. kind of funny. Yeah, it was It was the idea of like back in the day, like how can we create external storage for Pokemon? Got it. Use the GameCube. What? Use the GameCube. Anyways, no. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So Legend of Zelda, The Wind Waker. Why is it called that, TJ? Why is it called The Wind Waker? No idea. Why don't you tell me? Really? You don't know what's called a Wind Waker? Okay. Well, folks, I've just been informed that my partner doesn't know what a Wind Waker is. Jeez, embarrassing. Okay. No. (laughs) I'm just chirping him today. Um, The Wind Waker is a mystical baton that is used to conduct music. Luckily, Link's Wind Waker can conduct the winds. Just think about that. I totally could not have BS my way through that. <laughs> That's not me BSing it. That's literally no, what know. it is. I'm just, I'm just joking. That's what it is. It's a baton that the boat, the magic dragon red boat guy. Yeah. <laughs> I know who he is. The magic red dragon boat who talks to Link gives Link after he goes to the flying bird dragon island. 
You know, this game's so great. <laughs> it's really great. Don't laugh. No, I'm just joking. It's, no, the thing is... So he gets this magical baton and he meets a flying frog on a cloud. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm trying to make this as funny as possible and accurate, too. He meets this flying frog on a cloud and the frog on the cloud's like, yo, you want to know how to control the winds? Just wave your wand around like this. And then he does it. He goes, Wingardium Leviosa. And boom. <laughs> Link can control the winds, so he gets on his little dragon red boat that can talk to him. This is all true, and and if you look up the game, this is exactly how the game goes. To a T. He goes to a giant talking tree down at the other end of the ocean, and all these little tree people come out, and they say, we lost our nuts. I'm not kidding. And so Link's got to go in and find this one guy who's a little tree people who got eaten by a giant flower that luckily can't talk. And then he comes out of that. And then Link's got to go find a whale. And he finds the whale. And the whale's talking in some gibberish language that Link doesn't understand unless you've beaten the game and you're playing through it in his pajamas. (laughs) (laughs) The the synopsis you're giving of this game is amazing. And then you find these three pearls, and these three pearls make up a triangle in the middle of the ocean. It's called the Bermuda Triangle. And Link raises the Bermuda Triangle Tower and goes to the top of it to unlock Hyrule. And he unlocks Hyrule, and then he goes to the bottom of the Bermuda Triangle, and he finds Hyrule down there, and it's frozen. But then Link does a stupid dum-dum move, and he finds a sword, and Link's this kid who thinks he needs a sword to be good in life. And he pulls a sword out of a stone, unfreezes time, then he gets the heck out of there, and he's like, oh no, my sword's broken, it needs to be fixed. And the red boat dragon guy is all like, don't worry, I'm going to take you places that'll fix your, <laughs> your sword. And so he goes, and he's like, here you go. This one place, there should be a way to get in there. And he goes in, and then the, the person who's in there is dead. And she's this fish lady who talks to you. She's like, I died it. Um, but, you know. I died it. <laughs> uh, here's some music. Can you take this music and go wave your wand in this girl's face? And she'll remember all the music. And then you oh, go. Well. And then you do this other thing. And it's similar. And it's to this tree kid. And you do it to him. And then you go into these other two t- uh, temples. And in one of the temples, you get this most amazing epic boss fight, a boss fight that you will never, ever encounter in any other Zelda game that could ever match it. And then in another one, you get the stupidest boss fight that they could have ever put in any Zelda game ever. A big fat guy floating around with a lantern. <laughs> and he's all like, me, 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 me. And he's trying to kill you. And Link's just like, whatever. I dealt with stuff before. I got issues too. But I don't eat my issues away. And that's how you beat the guy. You beat him with humility. He feels like crap and he tries to escape (laughs) and he dies. And then the other hand, you get this amazing sandworm that comes out and he's just, he'll just pop up and he wants to eat you. Legitimately, that's his sole purpose in life. He's not evil. He just wants to eat you. And then you kill him. And then your sword gets repaired and Link holds it up and he's like, I stole this sword from a castle. (laughs) And... And then the dragon boat's like, good job, kid. Now we can go beat up the bad guy. Except, guess what? What? Another five hours of gameplay coming your way while you go and try and find this Triforce piece. No kidding. Yep. And it's not any better in the HD version. Don't be fooled. You still have to find all seven of these pieces of the Triforce. So then you take your ship, and then you go talk to this fairy guy, this guy in a green suit who believes in fairies. And he's all like, if you give me $400 a pop, 
I'll totally translate these maps, which could easily be read if you were just not a stupid, dumb kid. And then you're like, yeah, I'll give you $400 a pop for these maps. <laughs> and so you end up spending like $700 on these maps just to go and find these pieces of the Triforce. And then finally you get the Triforce and you're like, well, that wasn't tedious. And then you go and you go into Ganon's thing and then you got to fight one piece again and two piece again and three piece again and four piece again. And then finally you fight Ganon. And then when you're fighting Ganon, you realize what true power is. Was friendship. <laughs> it was always friendship. It was always friendship. And your red dragon boat, he appears as not a dragon boat anymore, or as a dragon man though. And he says, "You kids are the future of the world." Sorry, I had to put you guys through all that. And then he drowns. That's the end of the game. There's no happy ending here, folks. <laughs> I mean, Link makes it out okay. So that's the main thing we care about is Link makes it out. Okay. He makes it out. And then they made the sequel to Wind Waker and they called it the Phantom Hourglass. And it was even worse than Link's Adventure 2. No, that's harsh, actually, Phantom Hourglass. Yeah, it wasn't that bad. bad. It wasn't that bad. At the end of the day, it, all joking aside, um, as, as awesome as that whole <laughs> plot synopsis was of the whole game, Wind Waker was one of those games that it was... It's Definitely one of the most unique games in the series, if not the most unique game in the series, mainly because of its graphic style. Yes, yes. Where it's that cell shade. The second, that was the reason why I never played Wind Waker all the way through. I have actually played Wind Waker, just I didn't beat, never beat Wind Waker. I couldn't get past that for me personally. So you were, you're saying the graphics had something to do with the gameplay? Yes, even though I know Cardinal Sin, I just, I couldn't get into it, but I feel like now, if I give it another chance, like I'd love it. You would. I wouldn't care so much about it anymore. Yeah, yeah. Because it was just, it was so different. It was such a departure. But combat, story, characters, unique setting, beautiful, beautiful landscapes. Yeah, everything's yeah. there from a Zelda game. And it's it's got the Zelda feel to it. It's not like you're walking into a completely new targeting system where mm -hmm. you feel like, you know, um, you've got to learn all the controls. It's all the same control styles. You know, they just updated the combat a little bit, tweak it a bit, but nothing where it's going to make you feel like alienated from the game. Yeah. Like the second I picked it up, I'm like, okay, this still feels like a Zelda game. Mm -hmm. And that was what was so great about it. I mean, it had an, an amazing story. Um, and just, it was so different from what yeah. we've seen before. And it was actually, in my opinion, when I look back at all the Zelda games, I got to say, Breath of the Wild had to get their inspiration from Wind Waker. Absolutely. Like, yeah. massive. Because that is always what they've wanted to do with Zelda, is make it this huge open-world exploration that isn't just open-world, not exploring and finding things. Like, Wind Waker definitely hit the point where they were just like, let's just make all these crazy little islands in every section, and you can just sail to any island. Mm -hmm. And that, to me, it was whenever I think about Breath of the Wild and I look back at what they've done with it and where they've come from, that had to be a huge... Wind Waker oh, had for to be sure. a huge step forward in open world. Because the fact that you can just get in your ship and go anywhere, go anywhere. you want. Yeah, and that was, the, that was the best thing about Wind Waker was literally you are just free to go where you want. Yeah, to go. it was such a huge feeling game. Yeah. And, like, and no other Zelda game really accomplished that, in my opinion. Like, not even Twilight didn't accomplish it. Skyward Sword tried to accomplish it but it really just did not feel like the same it mm -hmm. was kind of like just trying to get to a to b where wind waker was you're leaving a you don't know where b is you can you go don't to know where the heck x you're or end q up. if you want and that's and that's where i look at breath of the wild now and they've they perfected it in the sense of they've made it 
they've made a way to do that on land. They've like without the water. Yeah, they've kind of figured it out. So Wind Waker, we definitely owe a lot to Wind Waker for like all of our Zelda games that we've gotten. Absolutely. And that, I mean, to me, that's why it's number one is because of what it did for the Zelda franchise, how different and unique it is. Even though I never fully played through the game, and I it gets a lot of bad rap, and mm-hmm. because oh the graphics aren't traditional Zelda, but yeah, it's it's still in a sense it still becomes one of the best Zelda games because it it broke through that like oh this doesn't look like Zelda, it still is a great Zelda game, and even if someone says oh it's the graphics are what's bothering me, then they don't deserve to play a good Zelda game. Yeah, I mean that like with me like, like I said, it's one of those games where I really want to go back and play it. Yeah. Because I was so turned off by something so stupid. Mm-hmm. And now I'm like, I can appreciate what it is and what it did um, to the point where I agree that it should be number one on, on this list. Yep. Considering I never beat it, I think it's kind of hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Especially when I dropped that bomb on you. Hey, by the way, I barely played Wind Waker. <laughs> this might seem more like a top 10 Zacks list. No, I'm just joking. No. But like, well, that's the thing too, is like, I was, that's why. Like I said to you before, doing these top 10 lists, they're fun. Like, I'm so excited to now have someone else to do this kind of stuff with because sometimes I'm just like, you know what? I don't want all 10 things of my opinion yeah, because yeah. Who, who wants to listen to just me talk about no, my No, and, it, and it's stuff. good to diversify because, like, some of these games I've never heard of, but then some of the games that I'm talking about, people have heard of, but you haven't heard of them. I never, and I didn't I, know, like, see, Gale like, of Darkness or Pokemon Call. Yeah, like, see some of these games, and, like, some people don't know about these games the only people who are going to know are like those gamers who are just like hardcore collectors and, exactly and, and they and, were there for them and you, know? you were just there at the right time you had the right friends you had the right fan base kind of behind you and see like i i, I wasn't into the star wars games so i wouldn't mm-hmm. have played those i wouldn't have i never knew i never knew about star fox being on the gamecube like i never yeah, knew about I, that. I, I feel like out of all the games on this list um pokemon coliseum and star fox adventures are two that people may have never heard of and they really should check out. Yeah. Just because like they're such great games that you may have never heard of. Yeah. Everyone knows W Day of Reckoning. Everyone knows Metroid Prime and all that. Yeah. But yeah. if you've never played Soft Rock Adventures or Pokemon Coliseum, check those games out for sure. Yeah. If you can't find those ones, try their sequels at least. Yeah, at least that. Like, you know, like they're like Star Fox Assault somewhat is kind of a sequel to Star Fox Adventures somewhat, yeah. but it's back to the what Star Fox is. And but. same as Gale of Darkness. You don't have to play the first one. Mm-hmm. Like you don't have to play Coliseum and then go, oh, Gale of Darkness. Like Gale of Darkness is a totally different game in the sense of it gives you a little bit more customized oh, for sure. and freedom. But yeah. For the sure. Well, man, that 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 I think I think about wraps it up here on, on, on this pilot episode of two guys in a game. Oh yeah. How, how are we feeling? Um, feeling, feeling pretty good. TJ, what, do I just put my hands up here or no, you, you, just, you just, you just put them at your side. Put your side. Okay. I really feel like they just need to be up here though. You, you can put them wherever you feel comfortable. Okay. Thank you. Thank you, TJ. Um, yeah, so no, I definitely. <laughs> Sorry, that was that was Talladega Nights, ladies and gentlemen. That was Talladega Nights. We just freaking yeah, we uh, that's something new I just learned about TJ. And um, yeah, no, but we had a good time today, I think. And uh, this is this was a great first run, and there are going to be a lot more of these. Absolutely, definitely hit us up. Let us know what you thought of this, and we will talk to you guys on the next episode, the first official episode, whenever that happens. Yeah, and it's totally going to be about vampires. <laughs> vampires! Possibly vampires. And possibly killing vampires. Yeah, possibly. Possibly. Who knows? Tiny Rick! <laughs>